Today's episode includes a few stories from our February 4th issue, COVID-19 numbers and vaccine information, City of Tempe acknowledges autumn and Peeposh land, Parenting Class focuses on storytelling to help communicate with children, and SRPMIC Wild Horse takes a journey to Finland. Let's get into it. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the OAN podcast, and welcome to February. January went quick, and February may go faster, only only 28 days this month. My name is Jessica Joaquin at sales slash news person for the Autumn Action News. Today, we are switching things up. If you were with us all of last year, you know the majority of our podcasts were uh, with me and Marissa Johnson, news person Marissa Johnson. Marissa is still around, don't worry, but we want to make sure all staff is involved, and that has been the goal from the beginning. We're, we're finally getting around to doing just that. So right now, let me introduce you to today's co-host. Today, I am joined by senior reporter Tasha Silverhorn. Tasha has written many of the wonderful and informative articles that go in our paper, such as Community Garden Coordinator shares knowledge of Devil's Claw and medical and recreational marijuana discussions. She is a NAJA Native American Journalist Association award winner. She won third place last year for her article, Red Mountain Riders, featured on AMC's Ride with Norman Reedus. Uh, If you remember, we had her on that podcast to discuss that. That was pretty cool. And that story is also on our website if you want to go check that out. And so let us welcome to the podcast, Tasha Silverhorn. Hi, Tasha. Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm happy to be here with all of you today and uh, help co-host this podcast. Yeah. So we're we're definitely happy to have you. I'm happy to have you here today. So let's just get right into it. But before we get to our stories, let me remind all of you where to find the COVID-19 numbers from the community. You can find them on SRPMIC's Facebook page at facebook.com slash SRPMIC, or you can visit the SRPMIC website at srpmic-nsn.gov. Once on the homepage, you can click that little blue banner up on top, and that'll take you to the SRPMIC's COVID-19 page. The numbers are released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And also, the phone number to the COVID-19 hotline is 480-362-2603. All right, Tasha, well, give us an update regarding the vaccine. Sure. This was sent over by John Godfrey of the SRPMIC Department of Health and Human Services. When can you get vaccinated? The Salt River Pima Maricopa Indian community is currently in phase 1B. Our first full-scale COVID-19 vaccine drive-up point of distribution, POD or POD, was completed on January 23rd and 24th at the Salt River Community Center. More than 900 people took part. The POD inoculated 423 individuals on Saturday and 515 on Sunday. The COVID-19 vaccine POD was for any resident over 65 living in the Salt River Pima Maricopa Indian community. And those who did not receive a vaccine in Phase 1A and 1B. The SRP MIC command team is excited to announce that it is planning for the next vaccine clinic. Additional COVID-19 vaccine clinics will be scheduled as more of the Moderna vaccine becomes available. Community members who are eligible in a particular category will be asked to call the COVID-19 hotline to schedule a vaccination appointment. 
At the appointment time, if you are a community member who is fortunate enough to receive the first vaccine, SRPMIC will schedule your appointment for a second COVID-19 vaccine, either prior to or during the initial appointment for the first shot. This is to ensure that you remain in the time frame of the 28 days that is required to receive the second dose. How is the vaccine prioritized? Deciding who gets the COVID-19 vaccine when it's in limited supply is a data-driven process with many considerations to ensure fairness and equity across diverse populations. The SRPMIC received the Moderna vaccine in, in coordination with the Arizona Department of Health Services, and we're not always aware of how many doses will be received due to the COVID-19 vaccine supply process nationwide. The process also includes consideration for the second dose for individuals to meet the timeline of 28 days from the first shot for the Moderna vaccine. The SRPMIC government, in coordination with the SRPMIC Department of Health and Human Services, determines which individuals are eligible based on the criteria of the category, which aligns with the guidance of the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The phone number to the COVID hotline is 480-362-2603. All right, Tasha, let's get into our stories. I'll start us off. City of Tempe acknowledges Autumn and Peeposh land. This story is by newsperson Chris Picciuolo. The City of Tempe adopted a land acknowledgement on January 14th, which officially begins the process of recognizing Tempe's 40 square miles being culturally affiliated with the Autumn and Peeposh people and their ancestors. Cultural Preservation Program Manager Shane Anton and the Salt River Pima Maricopa Indian Community's Cultural Resources Department and the Gila River Indian Community's Tribal Historic Preservation Office provided vital input in drafting the acknowledgement statement, which ensured that the language within accurately reflected the history and culture of the communities. City of Tempe Council Member Doreen Garland, who as a member of the Navajo Nation, read the land acknowledgement resolution into the record at the January 14th council meeting with much emotion, leaving many, including Tempe Mayor Corey Woods, on the verge of tears. Garland said, The Autumn and Pipash and their ancestors are forevermore memorialized and celebrated with the city of Tempe's acknowledgement of the significance of the land upon which we live today. As a proud Native American and Tempe resident, this has been a very personal and emotional experience. The step we have taken is gratifying, moving, and so meaningful for us and generations to come. I look forward to ensuring that this recognition is truly used and kept alive over time through our words and deeds. Also present at the virtual council meeting was SRPMIC Vice President Ricardo Leonard. There's the phrase, a rising tide lifts all boats, and I believe best represents our goal. As neighbors, I think we all have an interest to improve our neighborhood here in the East Valley. They appreciate that we can keep the lines of communication open. I wanna thank you, Mayor Woods, and Councilwoman Garland, as well as much as I would like to be meeting with you in person, we must do all we can to be safe and healthy. There will come a day, and I hope soon, when we can get past this historical year and know that our communities will be much safer. I'm hopeful that sometime soon we will be able to once again share a meal and break bread together. 
several City of Tempe Council members took a tour of an archaeological site and were inspired by its significance. Council members Garland and Lauren Cuby then discussed the potential of official recognition of the land. Garland brought the idea to the mayor and city manager, after which city staff and tribal partners worked to develop the concept and draft the land acknowledgement. City of Tempe spokesperson Nikki Riley said that Tempe has a history of working in partnership with the four southern tribes in particular as it relates to the care and maintenance of Tempe Butte, located near Tempe Town Lake. Riley said, in recent years in that area, we have collaborated to remove underground power lines, remove communication towers from the summit, minimize the visual impact of the water tanks, and clean up graffiti. In addition, we are proud to work collaboratively on responsible, respectful archaeological work when planning, approving, and building public or private developments. Tempe also reserves a seat on the city's Desert Conservation Commission for a representative from a tribal nation. You can find a copy of this resolution showing that the city of Tempe officially recognizes Ottoman Pipash land on our website, along with the entire video of this particular city of Tempe council meeting. If you go to about the four minute mark, you can listen to it all, including comments from city of Tempe council members. Moving on to a story written by myself, on the second online parenting class that is being held by the Behavioral Health Services, this article focuses on how storytelling can help parents communicate with their children and give them the opportunity to learn more about their Native American heritage in the process. Parenting class focuses on storytelling to help communicate with children. The Salt River Pima Maricopa Indian Community's Behavioral Health Services is offering positive Indian parenting classes online to all community members to help build stronger children and families. The eight-week series features class every Thursday from noon to 1.20 p.m. All are welcome to join and learn about parenting topics such as traditional behavior modifications, harmony and child rearing, traditional parenting, lessons of a storyteller, and more. The second parenting class was held on Thursday, January 14th and focused on storytelling as a technique to help parents communicate with their children and share knowledge about their cultural identity. Many Native American children living off the reservations may not be aware that they are Native American and have Native ancestors. Storytelling can be a tool to help parents share their stories of their tribes and help educate their children about their Native American heritage. During the class, parents were asked where they had learned about their tribes and their traditional tribal stories, songs, and dances. Parents responded that they had grandparents or other relatives talk to them in their language, and some have family members who know the traditional songs and dances. The SRPMIC Cultural Resource Department has been a helpful resource for parents seeking to learn the Ottoman Peeposh language, songs, and dances so they can pass them on to their children and spark an interest so their kids will want to continue learning about who they are. As storytellers, parents are also teachers. Tribal stories can help mold and shape a young mind because they always have a meaning behind them. For example, a story may teach why you should not tease someone just because they're different. And we should always treat others with kindness and respect. Telling stories to your children is a way to communicate and spend time with them. This will help them learn how to be patient and listen, becoming better communicators themselves. It also teaches parents to take time to listen to their children instead of being the ones in charge. This can create a mutual respect between a parent and child. 
Moving on to our final story, newsperson Chris Picciuolo interviewed Community Development Department's Environmental Protection and Natural Resources Senior Environmental Specialist Brian Gavick. Gavick is responsible for the care of the wild horses in the community, and recently, one of the wild horses went on an amazing adventure to their new home in Finland. Yes, you heard that right. A wild horse from the community is now living the life in Finland. Before we get into Chris's interview, let me first give a brief summary and read the first couple of paragraphs from Chris's story. The Salt River Pima Maricopa Indian community wild horses are a sacred and protected part of the Hemdok, and each horse within the community is unique, with a variety of features and personalities. One of the strongest attributes these horses share is their ability to adapt to different environments. In fall 2020, an SRPMIC Mustang named Nube, Cloud in Spanish, began an incredible journey that would lead her to the wintry, humble wilderness of northern Finland. After a summer capture, a 30-day quarantine, and a stay in Concho, Arizona, Nube took a nine-hour flight to Europe and an extra 1,800 miles to the Arctic experience destination Siberia in the municipality of Inari's Muatkantunturi wilderness area. This is really an amazing story. I encourage everyone to go read it. Chris goes into more detail about how the horse was cared for and the transition to the new owner. It can be found on our website, autumnnews.org. Now let's hear the interview Chris did with Brian Gavick on this particular horse and his role in caring for SRPMIC wild horses. My name is Brian Gavick. I work for the Range Management Department in Environmental Protection and Natural Resources, which is part of the Community Development Department at the Salt River Pima Maricopa Indian Community. All right. Well, thank you for taking time to talk to us today. We we found out uh, about one of the horses uh, on the community uh, ended up in, in Finland. If you could... Uh, Kind of break it down for us and, and kind of from beginning to, to now, how that happened. Happy to. It's very exciting. We've never had a horse go that far before. Um, the horse is from the Salt River tribe. Uh, we captured it. Some people from Concho, Arizona, which do a lot of our horse training for us, they took the horse up there, gave it the proper training so that it could be shipped to Finland and the new owners in Finland are they have a resort where they try to do the Nordic experience which includes dog sled rides and archery on horseback and that sort of thing. I did not know this before but apparently in Finland it's hard to get horses. And these people are particularly excited to have a, a wild horse that has some of the, the Spanish conquistador traits to it, and it's they're very hardy. Uh, they're able to withstand things that domestic horses just can't, wouldn't be able to get through. So that's, I believe, from their point of view, that's why they wanted to spend so much money. Uh, we would have to confirm with them, but the message I got was it costs $10,000 to ship a horse from Arizona to Finland. So it's, it, I was amazed that they would do that with a wild horse, but they have their, their reasons for doing that. As I stated before, they, they really like the, the, the strength 
uh, and the temperament of wild horses. Well, uh, are you able to tell us a little bit about the horse? This is a, uh, she's a three-year-old now, uh, what I would call a clay bank. It's a washed out buckskin color. It's a female. Uh, she was born and, and raised right here at the North Herd for the tribe. And she's, she's just a sweet horse, just a, a nice, uh, from day one, she was very, uh, not real afraid. She was very confident and made a great pupil for the trainer. She was easy to train. They enjoyed her very much. And, uh, if, if you can, uh, tell us how, uh, I know we talked a little bit about um, how how well horses adapt to new environments. Uh, if you can give us a little bit of uh, information on that, what is it like for a horse, do you think, uh, going from, from Arizona to Finland? I think you bring up a very good point. Finland is neighbors with Russia, Norway, and Sweden, and they're very close to the Arctic Circle. These are places that have temperatures that are in the negative degrees, well below zero for long periods of time. You would think that for a desert animal to go to that type of environment, it would be hard on them. Fortunately, horses acclimate to weather changes better than humans do. This horse in particular, before she went to the cold weather of Finland, she was up in Concho, Arizona, where the temperature at the night, in, at night rather, are in the teens. So she already had, uh, she was picked up here around November and spent a month or two in Concho, which acclimated her to the colder weather, told her body to start growing long hair. So by the time she got to Finland, she was already in the colder weather mode. Uh, a lot of wild animals, when the temperature changes, uh, their body tells them it's, it's getting colder and they start growing hair. And within two weeks, they've kind of put on a winter coat, which is that longer hair. And just the same as in the summer when it warms up, two weeks after we get a lot of temperatures that are warm, the horse's body tells it to take that coat off, and it takes them a, a couple of weeks to shed off that heavy winter coat, and then they're ready for the the warmer weather. Wow, that's that's fantastic. That's uh, that's really interesting to hear how well the horse can come from here and and adapt. Um, is there anything else that that uh, that you like to say that you haven't said? Any thoughts on uh, on the horse going to uh, Finland? One of the things that I'm particularly pleased with, and this has always been the challenge with adopting horses, it's not finding people to adopt them. It's finding the right people to adopt them. It would be a waste of resources for me to send a horse to somebody and they don't complete the 12-month trial ownership because they they either it was, it was just a, a whim that they picked the horse up or uh, they they get the horse there and they find out wow they're really wild it's it's there's so much to do with them before you can start handling them so it's for me to do my job correctly I need to pick the people that are the right ones to do the job so that it's successful it's it's just not a good utilization of tribal resources for me to take a horse somewhere and then have to pick it up and bring it back these guys. Uh, especially since they spent 10000 
I have a lot of faith that they are going to give this horse a good home. It's it will this will be a very successful donation. All right, Brian. Well, we'll appreciate you uh, talking to us today. Thanks for the information. My pleasure. I really find all of this fascinating. I want to encourage you all to go to our website and read more about the Finland story, but also read an article titled Caring for Protected Wild Horses Takes Dedication. Chris wrote that last October, and it is a very in-depth article about the wild horses in the community. Uh, Once you go to the website, just type in wild horses in in the search bar, and that story is going to pop up. Thanks, Chris. That was an amazing job. All right, please head over to the OAN website at onthemnews.org to read stories from this February 4th issue. Stories include SRPMIC Brothers Open Their Own Food Truck, Gilbert Presents USS Arizona Proclamation to SRPMIC, Avoiding Scams Through OfferUp, Angelina Montoya's Basketball Journey, and SRPD Holds Successful Seatbelt Safety Checks in the Community. There's a lot of good stuff in this issue, so go check it out. Don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash News and at News on Instagram. Don't hesitate to reach out to us if you have a podcast idea or general story ideas. We always love hearing from you all. You can email any story idea or suggestions to News at srpmic-nsn.gov. Also, we are still looking for community member music you can email to the same address. Thank you for joining us today. Remember to mask up, wash your hands, and continue to social distance. We'll catch you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Adios.